0: Hi there! I'm Cindy Linden and this is the Cook Along Podcast. And guess what? More cookies! I'm going to make a new recipe today, one I've never made before. And I want you to help me or join me in your own kitchen. And we're going to see how they turn out. And this one I'm just choosing because the picture looks amazing. I think it must have shown up in my email. They're called chocolate revel bars. And there are, I guess, a couple of versions of this online. The one that I found that looks good to me, that with the amazing picture, I'm gonna modify just slightly from this and I'll let you know what we're doing as we go. The basic premise here is a combination of, uh, looks like oatmeal cookie and chocolate chips that have been turned into a kind of fudgy sort of layer. So rather than an oatmeal chocolate chip cookie, we're having a layer of oats followed by a layer of fudgy chocolate sprinkled with more of the oat cookie. So I'm kind of excited about it. We're learning this together. Cause like I said, never made it before. Here's what you need to do this. Let's start with equipment. You need an eight by eight or nine by nine inch baking dish. You need some parchment paper and some nonstick spray. And you need a mixer of some sort so that we can cream some things together. And then either, if you have a double boiler that you can set up, we're going to melt the chocolate along with some other good gooey sweet things. And if you don't have a double boiler set up, or if you just want to do it in a less cooksy way, you can use your microwave oven. And I'll give you the how-to on that as we get to that point. So... If you have your double boiler, pull it out. Here are the ingredients. You're gonna need a cup and a half of old-fashioned oats. That's rolled oats, old-fashioned. If you don't have those, you can use quick cooking oats. Don't use instant oatmeal. Quick cooking oats are probably just fine, but preferred, because of the texture, is steel-rolled old-fashioned oats. You're gonna need a cup and a half of semi-sweet chocolate chips, one and a third cups of all purpose flour, two thirds of a cup of brown sugar, one stick, that's half a cup of unsalted butter if you've got it and salted butter if you don't. And we can just back off on the salt a little bit later. You need a can of sweetened condensed milk. We're only gonna use half of it. In my house that's always a problem because I stick the second half in the fridge and then I I don't know what to do with it and it sits there forever really a really long time until I finally think okay it still smells fine but it's probably not any good anymore so I throw it out. This time uh, I'm going to try to think of something else to do with it because I love the stuff and I don't really want to throw it out. Anyway you need one of the 14 ounce cans of that. We're going to use half of that can. One large egg. You need some vanilla extract. It's a teaspoon in the recipe but i've looked at other recipes and some of them call for two teaspoons and there's a reason for that is because we use it in two different places so what i'm going to do today is use penzi's double strength vanilla and i will use only one teaspoon although we're going to divide that if you don't have that in your house i'm going to tell you let's try two teaspoons of vanilla just because i think you can't go wrong with a little more vanilla you need a half teaspoon of baking soda and a quarter of a teaspoon salt, unless you're using salted butter, in which case we may want to cut that in half. That's your full ingredient list and your equipment. The do-aheads would be, yet again, to pile everything out, you know, measure it all out, get it out on your counter. Measure your flour by stirring it up first and then scooping it into a measuring cup and scraping it off level. And preheat your oven to 350 And then take your uh, parchment paper that I mentioned in the beginning and cut a square that will fit inside, tucked down into your 8x8 or 9x9 inch pan. And we're going to spray that lightly with cooking spray. So go ahead and do all of those things and then come back and we'll start assembling these and uh, we'll see. We'll see how good they are. Oh, one more do ahead. Your butter will cream better if it's softened a bit, so you might want to set it out and come back in a while. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from everything iconic, ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget. Check out quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part, they're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. about the butter it's probably too late because you've probably already been waiting but in case you didn't I'm gonna tell you what I do and I will tell you at the same time you'll be told by numerous people not to do this and there are lots of good reasons not to do it but I put mine in the microwave and specifically I put my cube of wrapped butter into the microwave and I set it on the second to lowest setting which is a 2 and I microwave it for 15 seconds and then I take it out and I turn it over and I put it back in and do it for another 15 seconds at two. And then it's still a little hard, but soft enough that it can be worked with. Most of the reason that they tell you not to do that is because it's very easy to overdo and to accidentally melt the center of the butter. And you won't know it until you take it out of there, and suddenly it kind of explodes out of one side into this big pool of melted butter. And that's not a consistency you can use if you're trying to use softened butter. So you have to start all over again, and it can be very discouraging. But if you're really stuck, you can try my method... And the only thing is that I having no idea about your microwave oven's wattage, I can't tell you if it's gonna work or not. I just can tell you it might be worth a try as long as you have more than one stick should you need to do it again. All right, for this part you need a bowl, a sort of medium-sized bowl. Doesn't have to be huge, shouldn't be too small because what we're gonna put in here is the oats and the flour and the baking soda and the salt. So, one and a half cups of old-fashioned oats. You can tell by the sound that I did not measure mine out ahead of time. Do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> All right, there's the rolled oats. And then one and a third cups of flour. Stirring it up, measuring it into the cup. Level it off with the handle of the spoon. Alright, baking soda. Baking soda, that's the stuff that makes things bubble. We need a half a teaspoon of that in there. And then I'm going to do, it says a quarter of a teaspoon of salt, but I'm using salted butter. So I'm going to use an eighth of a teaspoon. I'm going to use a heaping eighth of a teaspoon. A little bit heaping, not too heaping. And I get that, as usual, right out of the salt shaker on my stovetop. Okay, and then we just stir that up. Oh, it looks so healthy. See, this is going to be a healthy cookie recipe. Why? Because it has oats in it. So, that mitigates anything you might be worried about in terms of the sugar, butter chocolate speaking of which into your mixer bowl where you're going to cream this so into the mixer bowl for either your stand mixer or in a bowl you can use your hand mixer on put six tablespoons of your cube of butter a cube of butter has eight tablespoons in it so you're going to leave two tablespoons behind because we're going to use that in a little bit with the chocolate so it's about three quarters of the bar well, it isn't about, it's exactly three quarters of the bar, goes into the mixer. And with that, we're going to put the brown sugar, and that, again, is two-thirds of a cup of brown sugar, and then we're going to mix it all up. So Pack the brown sugar down into that third of a cup measure, and do that twice. I happen to have dark brown sugar. I only have usually one kind of brown sugar in my kitchen at a time, and I just use whichever one is there. And now we're going to cream that together until it's light and fluffy and kind of uniform in color. Cindy's squeaker mixer. Uh huh. Well, there we go. Nope, the butter's kind of stuck to the paddle. All right, I'm going to have to turn it up. Here we go. There we go. Well the butter still doesn't wanna really get down there where the sugar is. I'm thinking it will over time. No. Oh yes, there we go. There we go. We just had to let it drop. So we wanna turn the mixer up and let it cream, and that means that it's it's mixing all together. It's going to be all one consistency and all one color and be kind of fluffy looking. And Right now it's just lumps, so I'm going to turn it up a little bit. So right now it's still just sticking to the sides and then the blade kind of whips the lump around. I'm trying to get it to the point where it stays in the bottom and it just becomes like a smooth paste. There we go. Now it's starting to do that. So it's not whipping around so much or at least part of it isn't. You don't want to stop this process too soon or there's no point in having done it at all. So keep it going until it's mostly down in the bottom and mostly just staying down there rather than following the beater blade around. There, now it's starting to get fluffy, so it takes a minute. Be patient. Yeah, now it's not sticking to the blades at all. It's just doing its thing in the bottom. I'm turn it up one more time. Great. Now, it's all stuck to the sides of the bowl. That's okay, because we're gonna add some other things now. Now we're gonna add the egg and half of the amount of vanilla that you're using. Crack that egg in there, or if you're at all worried about getting shell in your creamed butter and sugar mixture, crack it into a bowl first so you can fish the shell out or you dump it in, and then your vanilla. And as I said, I'm using the double strength, so I'm only gonna use a half a teaspoon here. If you are doing single strength, go ahead and use a whole teaspoon. There we go. Then put the lid back on the vanilla because heaven forbid that you should bump it and spill it. That would be bad, especially for this stuff, which is very expensive. Okay, and then put your mixer back down and beat it up again. There's a song there, beat it up again. Yeah, sorry. I think we're gonna have to scrape the bowl this time because it's not really taking off what? plastered itself to the side of the bowl. So I'm going to stop it and get a scraper, a spatula thing to scoop it off the sides. It might do it by itself if I waited long enough, but this is probably better. Just scrape it down into the bowl and then scrape the scraper off on your beater blade. Oh, well, some of the stuff on the beater blade is maybe needs to be scraped in there, too. Okay, and then turn it back on. All right. Once everything is kind of mixed up together, well, actually pick up your beater and scrape down at the bottom because some of that brown sugar mix is probably, if yours is like mine, stuck to the bottom and didn't get any egg in it. So I'm scraping off the bottom now, not just the sides. And then, oh darn it, my beater blade just fell out into the bowl. And that I'm going to take this opportunity to clean off the bitter, bitter blade because it's obvious that there are bits of brown sugar and butter on there as well that did not get mixed up with the egg. So I'm scraping that off with my spatula because it's darker. You know, you can see it's a different texture. Okay, and now I'm going to put it back in there, reinsert it, and mix it again for a second. All right. Now we're going to add the dry ingredients that you set aside earlier, just a little at a time. So put in like, I don't know, a quarter of it. Mix it up. When that's pretty much moistened, add some more of your dry mixture in there. You don't have to turn off the beater, unless your beater is small, and this is going to send everything flying all over the kitchen, which is a problem. And again, once that's moistened, do it again. I think I'm going to have to get my mixer looked at. You can hear it slowing down, I bet. It doesn't like working on stir. And this is a little trickier because there's dry stuff down on the bottom now that it's taking a little bit longer for the mixer to find it. All right, and then a little more of your dry ingredients in there again. And at this point, of course, it's sitting on the top of the beater and on top of the beater blade arms. All right, so I'm going to stop for a second and get some of the dry stuff off the bottom. Scrape down the sides. Get the flour off the top of the beater blades. once I get it down all in the bottom I haven't I haven't added everything yet if you do it too fast it's just it's going to make a mess in your kitchen so I hope you haven't added all of yours yet okay back on oh nope still a bunch of dry stuff in the bottom this is okay I mean we're making a cookie dough and this is the final dough so it's going to be stiff it should be stiff and go goes the last, well not quite, this is going to take two more times I think for me to get the ingredients in. Alright, and now the last bit. And if yours is anything like mine, all the dry stuff is at the bottom, and on the very top sitting uh, unused, <laughs> and the wet stuff is kind of in the middle, so I'm going to scrape things off again, push it out of the beater blades, push to get the flour off the top. It's really stiff. Wow. Yeah. Really, really stiff. Scrape it down. Try to get some more of the wet stuff toward the bottom so it'll mix together. Okay. And wow. Yeah, really, really stiff. Really stiff. Really stiff. I'm going to try it a little faster and see if I can get it to pick up the dry stuff on the bottom. Well, it's working. I'm worried something's going to jump out, but it is working. Oh, now it's time to turn it down. Okay, because, yeah, it's starting to jump out. All right, now what I have is a whole bunch of, oh, a whole bunch. I have like four big kind of lumps that the beater blade has created. And I'm going to call that good because the dry stuff is incorporated. So I'm scraping off the beater blades now, scraping off the spatula, taking the blade off the mixer. Maybe. There we go. And scraping it all the good stuff off of there. All right. Now your hands. We're going to use our hands for this next part. If you're going to cook, you got to get your hands dirty, and that's just the way of things. And it sometimes it's just the easiest thing. So what we're going to do is kind of eyeball this and visually divide it by three. Or make it into a ball. Use your spatula and kind of make it into a ball. And then with your hands, what you want to do is pick up about two-thirds of that. You want to leave about a third of it behind. And yes, it's just guesswork. Just don't worry about it too much. But the two-thirds is going into your sprayed parchment papered pan. And just use your fingers to spread that out. Push it down and, and uh, spread it out toward the corners so that it gets into all four corners and you have a square. The dough is dry enough that it's not too sticky for your fingers, but also dry enough that it's a little hard to get it even. And if that's your goal is to try to get this so it's the same thickness all the way across the pan. It's got a little bit more guesswork, but your biggest batch in the middle needs to be spread out toward the edges as much as you can and tucked into the corners. If you want to, you can use the bottom of a measuring cup or a flat bottomed glass if you want to kind of smooth this out into a a level flat platform. Actually that's not a bad idea because we're going to pour liquid in it and I don't think we really want the liquid pooling in some of these holes. So I think I'll use the measuring cup I used earlier for the oats and just flatten it out a little bit. So I'm just pressing down along the edges of the pan, which is helping distribute things and making sure that there aren't edges that stick up using the flat surface of the bottom of the measuring cup to press things down into the layer at the bottom. Okay, close enough, good enough. Now that gets set aside and you can wash your hands. For this next part, you have two ways to do this. What we're gonna do is melt the chocolate chips with the condensed milk and the rest of the butter. And you can do that in the microwave or you can do that in a double boiler if you have one. I'm gonna do the double boiler method just because it sounds like fun to me and I almost never get to use this. What I have is a thing I found probably at a thrift shop from Ikea. And it's it's a beautiful metal bowl with a handle on it and two pour spouts and a hook to go over the side of the pan. And I was so excited to find it because my mother, she had, you know, an honest-to-goodness double boiler. And it was a heavy-duty contraption, you know. It, it was an actual pan and it had two parts to it, one of which sat down inside the other part and then a lid. It seemed to me such a specialized item that I don't want one taking up space in my kitchen. So when I found this, I realized what it was, and I imagine a lot of people had no idea why, why there would be a bowl with a handle and a hook. Because it looks like, I know what it looks like, it looks like a colander. It's shaped like a colander, so it has a hook on one side. And if you didn't know or couldn't figure out what it was, you would be mystified completely and it would look like a useless item. So anyway, I have that now on top of and inside of a pan that has water in it. Turning the stove under the pan with the water in it to high. If you're using a microwave oven, you just need a microwavable bowl and you can put into that your condensed milk, which again is seven ounces or half a can, your chocolate chips, and the two ounces of butter you have left. I'm about to measure out condensed milk and I'm using a one cup glass measuring cup and uh I've opened the can and sorry to say I was trying to decide whether to clean off the lid with my finger first or measure first I'm cleaning off a lid one I know it's crazy but I love this stuff okay so mm, now I have to wash my hands dang it Okay, back to pouring in the milk. See, that's why I should have waited. Pouring the milk into this measuring cup, there's a 6-ounce mark and an 8-ounce mark. And I am going to... This is going to be more than half of this. How big is this? 14 ounces. I wonder if it's 14 ounces by weight. Hmm. Now I'm puzzled. Half of a 14-ounce can. You know what? I think it's 14 ounces by weight. Because... I'm at six ounces now, and it's probably two-thirds of the can. So I'm going to pour some of this back in the can, although I'm going to have to transfer it to a jar. And I'm just going to look at it and eyeball it to about halfway. Oh, look. More on my finger. <laughs> okay, so that's probably halfway. Wow, I didn't expect it to be that tricky. So what I ended up with in my glass measuring cup, is half a cup it's four ounces and I really believe that's exactly what I have left in the can as well so that's getting poured into the double boiler thing I told you about or you're pouring it into your glass or microwave safe mixing bowl scrape out the thing here and get all of this goodness I hope I'm not grossing you out I suppose some people regard this as way too sweet (laughs) I I would have at one point, and then I think when my kids were little, I just discovered, I think I I let them clean out the can with their fingers or something. I I don't remember, honestly, but that's when I realized how good this stuff was. That goes in there. The two tablespoon lump of butter that's left goes in there. And one and a half cups of semi-sweet chocolate chips. Sorry, that's probably loud. I keep mine in the freezer in a big plastic container that used to have almonds in it. It's just something I like to do. They're square and they fit in there and I keep it next to my coconut and my dried cranberries. Those are in my freezer as well. If you're doing this in your microwave... You want to put it on high or maybe not quite the very highest, but you're going to need to really watch it. Not at first, but eventually you're going to do it 30 second intervals in the microwave and take it out every 30 seconds and stir it. And there may come a point where it needs to not be a whole 30 seconds because you don't want it to boil. You don't want it to harden. You just want it to melt and you want it smooth and melted and stirred together. When we get it all melted, you'll want to have your vanilla ready to go in as well, because we're going to put that in at the end. The reason for that, waiting for the vanilla, is that if you put it in too soon, the heat evaporates the alcohol, and the alcohol is what carries the vanilla flavor, and your vanilla will be less intense than if you put it in after you've finished heating all this up and you remove it from the heat. That's true with candy, too. If you're making caramels or something, they tell you not to put any of the don't put the vanilla in until the very end after you've taken it off the heat. So everything's ready to go, it's all the right temperature, you're ready to pour it into whatever container you're going to use for it to solidify. And that's when you put the vanilla in. I'm stirring my double boiler as we speak, and it's already melting. I'm, the water is, is steaming. it's not even simmering yet. But the chocolate chips are already starting to melt. This looks dangerously rich. The butter hasn't completely melted yet, but it's going fast. Again, I, well, I don't, have the, I don't have the water completely up on high because I'm a little leery of it suddenly bursting into boiling and, and bubbling into the chocolate. You do not want to get any water in your chocolate I should have said that earlier. I don't know what will happen now that it's got the butter and the condensed milk in there. But when you're melting chocolate all by itself, the tiniest, tiniest drop of water in there will make the chocolate seize up and be completely useless and you'll have to start over again. So do whatever you have to to keep water out of going into the chocolate just in case that's also an issue with all these other things in it. I'm just going to be careful if it starts to spit... Well, I'll regret it, that's what. I started to say how I would fix it, by taking it off or something. But you know what? At that point, it's too late. So if it starts to spit, I'll regret it. Smoothing out fast. And yet, the butter still isn't even melted. Interesting. But the chocolate chips almost are. If you're doing this in the microwave, you know what? Your microwave may take longer than my double boiler at the rate we're going here because the chips are just melting very, very fast. I'll give you a little preview. What we're going to do when this is all melted and smooth is we're going to pour it over the top of the cookie base that we put in the pan. So this is our, our, essentially our, our middle layer on a layered bar cookie. Wow, it's kind of thick. It's like, what is it like? It's like a chocolate pudding that's too um oh I don't know I'm gonna, it's like a chocolate pudding pudding with eggs in it um that's because <laughs> it's not a pretty image really because I think it's just not melted enough the butter has still got bits in here but it's not going to be a liquid it's going to be smooth but it's not going to be a liquid because we want it to be kind of it's going to be kind of fudgy. If it turns out the way the recipe suggests that it will, it'll be kind of like a fudge in the middle. So a little bit chewy. So it isn't going to be complete liquid. That's just an FYI. Especially if you're microwaving it. It's not going to be complete liquid. It's going to be... What can I compare this to? Well, it... hmm. Boy, I really don't know. It's It's like... It's like chocolate pudding with eggs in it. There you go. It coheres together into kind of a lump. And if you scoop some up, it falls off in a plop. But it does pick up in a lump. So it's not like it's streaming the way a liquid would. This is where it becomes really difficult to do this as an audio thing rather than a video thing. I still prefer it, though, because if I was watching a video... If you were watching a video, you wouldn't be able to be doing this at the same time because you'd be focused on the video. So I still prefer doing it this way. Plus, if I wanted to, I could cook in my pajamas. I like that. I think this is smooth now. There's, uh, I don't see any more chocolate chip lumps in it. And it seems pretty smooth. Smooth. Yeah, and very fudgy. It's like fudge. I'm taking it off. Oh, the other thing that goes in here, before we go any further, the other thing that goes in here is the other half of your vanilla. So I'm putting my second half teaspoon in, and you may be putting your second teaspoon in. There we go. And pour that on top of the cookie batter. I hope you remember to preheat your oven because we're going to need that in a minute. So, slop all that down in there. You know what? That's what we did. We made fudge. There you go. That's fudge making. Spread that out with your spatula. Oh, darn. Some got on the parchment paper. I may have to clean that up with my finger. Spread it out evenly. It's pretty thick. I'm using an 8x8 pan because I don't have a 9x9 one. So the bars are going to be a little thicker, which I can't say I regard as a problem. There we go. Beautiful. Beautiful. I'm going to take a picture of this just because it deserves it. It looks like frosting. You'll see. You'll see on the website, which, by the way, is the cookalongpodcast.com. And I will have pictures of the finished product there in addition to the one I just took of the one that looks like frosting. And yes, there is some that needed to be tasted, and it's pretty darn good. All right, last step. You remember we still had a third of the cookie batter. So now you're going to pick that up with your hands and just sort of crumble it over the top use a spoon if you feel like it but mostly you're just breaking it up into crumbles over the top i'll take a picture of that too when i finish just little bits it's like crumbling feta cheese you know you just break it up or hamburger or something like that except sweet and better more fattening and yeah there's quite a lot of dough here maybe i didn't get quite enough in the bottom but it doesn't matter. You know, you want it just distributed evenly over the top. Oh my goodness. This is... I, I'm, golly, yeah, I think it's going to be really good. Okay. Get some into the corners. It's a little tricky with the parchment paper in the way. You want some of that chocolate to show through, which is why we're crumbling it rather than trying to pour... Oh, you couldn't have poured it anyway, honestly. It's too It's way too thick to do that with but you do want the chocolate to show through. That's part of what makes these so beautiful in the picture that I told you about, is that you can see the chocolate in between the daubs of cookie dough. There you go. Rinse off my fingers so I can take another picture. There's picture number two. Now... You might want to flatten those down just a little bit so they're not sticking up where they're going to burn. And then it goes in the oven for 25 to 30 minutes at that 350 temperature until the top is kind of golden brown. Now, it's already brown, so it's a little tricky, but you'll see the butter and the brown sugar will kind of start to brown a little more and look like they're baked. And at that point, you take them out of the oven and you cool it completely. Cool it completely before you cut it because that fudge isn't gonna be fudge if you try to do it too soon. So give it plenty of time to cool. It'll be hard, but you can do it, I have faith. And really, that's all. I'm kinda tempted to come back to you after we're done and see how these taste, but you don't need me to do that, so I'm gonna let you go. Please visit the website, thecookalongpodcast.com, for pictures, for the ingredient list, other ideas of things you could do that would be fun and might be a healthy contrast to something like this that isn't perhaps quite as healthy as you might have set your goal for for the day. And until next time, happy cooking.